Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 122 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at the myth of the five-minute fill-up at a petrol station. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. Before we start, I wanted to remind you that if you're new to EVs, we have loads of episodes to help you understand and learn about this excellent new method of transportation. Search for the basics episodes on the website, evmusings.libsyn.com, and you'll learn about charge units, cables, and charging costs, amongst other things. Our main topic of discussion today is based on an email I got from a listener recently. Anthony Carroll wrote to me saying, quote, One of the common arguments in favour of internal combustion engines is the idea that one can fill up the petrol tank in five minutes and be on their way, and EVs take too long to recharge. As far as I know, the only time one ever takes five minutes to fill up is when you're just doing the weekly fill up, and that requires a dedicated trip to the petrol station. Compare that experience with the 15 seconds it takes to plug in the car at home, for those lucky enough to have charging at home. Secondly, on a road trip, nobody drives for 300 miles and then only stops for five minutes to refuel and be on their way again. People take bio breaks, stretch, empty out the trash, squeegee the windows, and before you know it, at least 10 minutes have gone by. Add in a spouse, friends, kids, dogs, etc. And the five minute petrol stop has become three or four times that long. With 250 to 300 miles of range and as fast as cars are able to recharge these days, I don't think the time penalty for electric vehicles is nearly as bad as it's made out to be. End quote. Well, those are two excellent points, Anthony. So let's look at them in more detail. Here's a couple of scenarios for filling up a fossil fuel car. Scenario one is making a special trip from home to the garage to fill up. In my case, the nearest petrol station is at a local supermarket and it's about an eight minute drive away. So I drive from my house to the petrol station, eight minutes. I find a petrol pump that's free, minute and a half, two minutes on average due to queues. I connect and authorize the payment on the credit card, one minute. I fill the car with fuel, three minutes. I drive back home, eight minutes. Grand total time, 23 minutes. Scenario two is when I'm already out and about and I happen to drop in on a petrol station that's nearby as I want to top up. So I drive in and wait for a free pump, a couple of minutes, connect and fill up, four minutes, queue and pay, another five minutes. Total, 11 minutes. Now, scenario three is mentioned in the second paragraph of Anthony's email to me, the stop at the motorway services after a 300 mile drive. In a petrol car, I find parking, half a minute, walk to the facility, a minute, visit the toilets, five minutes, queue and buy food, five minutes, sit and eat the food, five minutes, if it's just me and I'm in a hurry, walk back to the car, one minute, drive to the on-site petrol station, one minute, wait for a free pump, couple of minutes, connect and fill up, four minutes, queue and pay, five minutes. Total, 28 minutes. Now sure, there will be scenarios where these timings are overly long. You might be able to to drive straight into an empty pump without needing to wait. It happens. I find that as traffic increases and the number of petrol stations reduces, we're down to less than a third of what we had when I was young, there tends to be more and more of a wait for a free pump. As a younger, poorer driver, I used to drop in and pay £10 to top up the car at my local garage, and that was just a pump in a small kiosk. That took only a few minutes, but the problem with that scenario is that I was doing that two or three times a week. This was when fuel was a little cheaper than it is now, and the world was in black and white and only had two channels. The cumulative time I spent at the pump, therefore, was much, much longer overall. So now, let's look at the scenario for an electric vehicle. 
Now, under this scenario, I'm going to consider an owner who has charging at home. So, scenario one, I arrive home, connect the charger, half a minute. I disconnect the charger and I leave the following morning, half a minute. Total time, one minute. Scenario two, the long distance drive with a stop at the motorway service area. I find parking, half a minute, plug in and activate the charger, two minutes, walk to the facility, one minute. I visit the toilet, buy food, sit and eat the food, 15 minutes. Walk back to the car, one minute. Wait for the charging to finish, five minutes. Unplug and drive away, one minute. Total, 26 minutes. Two minutes quicker than the internal combustion engine car. Now let's try another scenario. Someone without a home charger. I drive to a local AC charger, two minutes. Plug in and initiate the charge, two minutes. I unplug the charger when it's finished, one minute. I drive home, two minutes. Total time, eight minutes. But what about the actual time it took to charge? I hear you cry. Well, in between plugging in and unplugging, I'm doing something else, which I would be doing anyway, and which is not related to charging the car. This could be watching a movie, doing shopping, buying clothes, eating a meal, having a COVID vaccination or a booster, getting some plants at the garden centre, whatever. The thing to realise about all these scenarios is that they're all equally likely, but they're not all equal. Will there be a time when a trip to refuel the petrol station takes less time than detailed above? Yes, absolutely 100%. But there'll also be a time when it takes longer. Cast your mind back all the way to the middle of last year when we were panic buying petrol and there were long queues at the petrol station. How long did you have to wait for your fuel then? Will there be times when I'll spend longer at a motorway service area waiting to charge than it takes me to buy and eat food? Yes, but that doesn't remove the fact that I've had the majority of my charging done while I'm doing something that I will be doing anyway. I'm sure I'll have people shouting at their podcasting app of choice going, I used to be able to refill at the petrol station in a maximum of five minutes from entry to leaving. Where are you getting your numbers from? Well, yeah, I'm sure you're right. What you're saying is that there is a scenario in which you can fill a petrol tank quicker than I've stated here, and I fully accept that. But likewise, I can fill my battery, as per scenario one above, in less than a minute using overnight charging. Not everyone can do that. But not everyone can fill their petrol tank in five minutes. It's a specific scenario in both cases. In fact, on that topic, what did the actual data say? Well, dwell times at petrol stations are extremely difficult to find. Uh, I did a little bit of research and I came up with a 2021 survey of fleet vehicles in the United States, which granted could be some of the bigger articulated lorries. And it indicated that refueling consisted of two factors, the time taken to divert off route to get to the filling station and the time taken to perform the fueling operation. For the fleet vehicles they surveyed, the off-route time averaged 8 minutes, and the average refueling time was 12 minutes, and that gives me an average total of 20 minutes from the time a driver leaves the main road to go find a petrol station to the time he gets back on the same road. The shortest time they discovered in metropolitan areas was 11 minutes total, and the longest was 28 minutes total. The actual dwell times at the petrol station range from 6 minutes to 11 minutes. Remember, these are probably lorries with quite large diesel tanks. But this means that the actual commonly accepted canard of, I can fill my car in 5 minutes, doesn't appear to mesh with the actual underlying data. 6 minutes appears to be the minimum time, and that's the total time from entering the filling station to exiting the filling station. And that's an average per location. We tend to think of filling the car as the time from when we insert the nozzle to when we remove the nozzle, but there's more to it than that, especially if you have to go and manually pay for your fuel in a shop where the cashier might be busy. 
So let's take a look at our good friend, the fuel cell electric vehicle, or the hydrogen car as it's more commonly called. Dick Winchester, an outspoken supporter of hydrogen vehicles, will often reply to any announcement about electric charger infrastructure with a comment which is a variation of, if you use hydrogen, you'd be in and out in five minutes, just like with petrol. That's what people want. Well, let's analyze that a bit, shall we? The thesis that Dick has, and he's having to believe that this is true because he doesn't actually drive a fuel cell car despite advocating for the technology, is that hydrogen refueling and fossil fuel refueling are commensurate in time. And this leads us to equate the timings he's given to the scenarios listed above. The problem is that hydrogen refueling isn't quite that straightforward. If you're the only one at the station, and it's open, and it has available hydrogen, then you can probably add several kilograms of hydrogen in a few minutes. That's absolutely true. But let's hope you can disconnect the pump after that. Due to the extreme cold at which hydrogen needs to be kept to remain liquid, the pump connector has a tendency to freeze to the car, making it difficult and time-consuming to remove. Users have resorted to using heat pads, gloves and other things to warm the area up and break the ice seal. And all this takes time. And notice I said that this all happens if you're the only one there. If there's a queue, you'll be waiting longer than you imagine. Not only will each car have to break the ice seal when finished, but after a certain number of fill-ups, the station itself has to repressurize, and this can take 15 minutes between fill-ups. I'll remind you as well that this all happens, at the moment, in one of only 12 pumps in the United Kingdom, half of which are in the Greater London area, and several of which are usually out of order at any given time. So not only will you be subject to the whims of freezing nozzles, depressurised pumps and expensive fuel, you'll also have to travel a long distance, at the moment, to get to a pump that will allow you to recharge your car and get a distance of 300 miles on a tank. That's barely more than many of the newer EVs can get on a charge. So no, Dick, it's not the same as petrol. It's worse, much worse. While we're at it, let's look at EV range. According to the EV database, there are currently 13 cars for sale or coming soon in the UK that have a real life range of 300 miles or higher. If we drop that figure down to 250 miles, the number increases to 54 different vehicles. Remember, when I was running my 2-litre Honda Civic Type R, I was getting between 250 and 300 miles on a tank, and I'm using that as a comparison. Other cars that get more than that? Sure. But your Range Rover V8 or V12 or whatever it goes up to gets about 12 miles to the gallon, so it all averages out. Are some of these electric vehicles big, expensive and unreachable, like the £125,000 Lucid Air Grand Touring? Yes, but that list also includes the VW ID3 Pro S, the Cooper Born, and the Skoda Enyaq. And considering the Toyota Mirai costs from £65,000, you're getting not a lot of car for quite a lot of money. In fact, it's more expensive than over half of the cars on the list of 54. And we all know that cars such as the e-Nero and the Hyundai Kona will beat their official range and get 250 plus miles in summer, even if they don't appear on the list. Overall, I can't put my hand on my heart and say that charging an EV is always quicker than fueling a fossil car. But neither can I put my hand on my heart and say that fueling a fossil car is always quicker than charging an EV. I can put my hand on my heart and say that the myth of the five minute fill up is exactly that, a myth. With better charging tech, bigger batteries, and the fact that EV charging is a parallel activity done alongside something else, the myth of the five minute fuel being the unique selling point of internal combustion engine cars is another of the fossil fuel distractions that doesn't stand up to scrutiny. 
So now you know. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. Brompton Bikes do bike hire at various locations. In last season's roundtable episode, Sarah Sloman, a keen cyclist, mentioned this, so I wanted to follow up on it. One of the best ways of reducing our carbon footprint is by cutting back on travel and, when you are travelling, using the least carbon-intensive methods. And one of the least intensive methods is cycling. Sarah mentioned that she likes to take trains around the country, but when she gets to her destination, she needs to have some form of travel device. Which is where today's cool thing comes in. Brompton, the commuter cycle manufacturer, have rental stations around the country. For £10 a day, you can hire a Brompton cycle and use it as your means of transport around the city. It's app-based and you can keep the bike for up to 30 days. If you pay a little more for yearly membership, £20, you can hire from £5 a day. Remember, Bromptons are designed for commuting. They're sturdy, well-geared and fold up into something that easily fits into a cupboard or under a desk when not in use. They have 50 locations around the country, including Elgin and Oban in the Scottish Highlands. See the show notes for details. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drives in the UK. Use it to search for available charges, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other EV drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use, with subscription plans for enhanced features, such as using ZapMap in-car on CarPlay or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to become an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? Well, if you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings, ko-fi.com slash evmusings, and you can do just that. And guess what? It takes Apple Pay too. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called, so, you've got an electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words five minutes? Question mark. Hashtag if you know you know. Nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, he's always trying to speed things up in his life. Microwave and instant coffee, five-minute power naps instead of sleeping, that sort of thing. I asked him once what was the best speed hack he had for robbing a bank and blowing the doors off a safe. He thought about it for a while and told me I didn't need expensive dynamite. If you used hydrogen, you'd be in and out in five minutes, just like with petrol. Thanks for listening.